This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. And happy new year to you, everybody, and welcome to the Danny Mac Podcast, the first one for 2024. And I have made a promise to myself. And you stand to benefit because my attitude will be improved as a result of it. My New Year's resolution is to take more ownership of things that I can control, like nutrition, like fitness level, like mental attitude. Take control of your disposition. There you go. It's early in the season. Let's see how long I can continue to live by that maxim. Hey, man, things have cleared up, Bears fans. Your 2024 Bears are going to look very similar when you see them line up in August for their first preseason date. Matt Eberflus has saved his job. Can't you see it? Don't you smell it? They're 7-9. and nine. They have recovered from a horrendous 0-4 start. They've won several games at home now, and... It just it just feels very much like Eberflus is going to be back for a third season with the Bears. And I know there's going to be a lot of chirping over the next several days about Jim Harbaugh after Michigan's exciting overtime win against Alabama on Monday night. And I understand that. Harbaugh is a terrific coach. Eberflus has saved his job. Unless Kevin Warren really wants to put his signature on this football team and is willing to play that power card early in his tenure as the president, I'd be surprised if there's a change. I think the article in Sports, I think Sports Illustrated was first to break it over the last couple of days, reporting Eberflus is safe. I felt that way going into the weekend. I thought they were, Atlanta was ripe for the picking. They've had as many, they've had more quarterback issues than the Bears have had this year. And I thought the Bears would thump them. They did that. The defense, again, was a takeaway machine with the addition of Montez Sweat, whose numbers have not been great the last couple of games, but he's still getting pressures and making a difference, impactful plays. And they're getting the takeaways. So when guys are throwing generous interceptions or corners are making good plays, and Tyreek Stevenson, the rookie with a couple of them, Sunday, terrific. I hope he he is as good as it looks like he can be. He's got to get better as a tackler, but crap. I mean, if that's the, if that's their only weakness is a rookie out of the five they have, their first five in that secondary, Tyreek Stevenson, if him tackling is your biggest you know problem, and maybe it's not, maybe it's Eddie Jackson, but I'm getting off track here. Thing is, I felt this was going to be a swing game for the Bears from the way people are going to look at this team moving forward. And Fields played his way into a lot of people's hearts again this weekend. I think he's getting closer to getting a higher approval rating 
among the fans, and that will amplify enormously if they knock the Packers out of the playoffs this Sunday at Lambeau Field. Here's the rub on this scheduling thing. I hate it when the Bears and Packers bookend the season. I Or any good rivalry that's in division, I hate opening day starting with that. I think both teams, given how precious your roster is and how you don't play guys, it doesn't matter whether that's right or wrong, guys don't play during the preseason. They're not ready to go on opening day. I think that should be a non-conference game for every team in the league because of that. Let's find out against the Cincinnati Bengals who the Bears are. Let's find out who the Packers are against the Jaguars. That's how it should work. It doesn't. And when they close the season with a divisional game, a rivalry game like this one, it often can mean absolutely nothing. It can be a throwaway. Both teams can be out of the playoffs or a team can be in the playoffs and the other not going, but the outcome of the game not determine whether it swings home field by week, non-bye week. You, you get where I'm going here. This means everything to the Packers after their bumps along the way. Jordan Love started well, hit the skids, looked really shaky, and has recovered and has played nicely. Played very well in their easy win over the Vikings the other night. Man, the Vikings just shit in the bed badly to close the year. They're below the Bears in Mike Florio's power rankings heading into Week 18 on Pro Football Talk's website. The Bears are 21st, according to Florio. It's hard for me to argue against the Vikings right now. You talk, well, the Vikings defense, they really get after you. Yeah, they get after you. You know, the, the Bears beat them without scoring a touchdown, so that tells you how bad their offense has been. And granted, the Bears had both of those games versus the Vikings without Justin Jefferson. They didn't have him for either of those games. And that's why I will not flip-flop and say, yeah, I agree with giving Eberflus another year. He's earned it. I won't say that. I'm not going to do a 180 because of a six-week, seven-week stretch, maybe a little longer, where they've played better because I've got asterisks on everybody except the Lions they beat. And they should have beaten the Lions twice. The reason they didn't, Fields, two turnovers in the final three minutes and 43 seconds, and a defense that decided not to close, not to finish what it started after baffling Jared Goff for three and a half quarters. Didn't finish that game. Some of that's on the head coach. But I will not forgive him for what he did at the beginning of the year, and I'm tired of talking about this. You might be tired of hearing it if you're a regular listener of the Danny Mac podcast. But he wasted the freaking start of the year. They didn't know who they were. When you watch Fields throw the deep in to DJ Moore, when he runs that post the other day, I, I don't know how you can't think, what in the F were they not thinking about doing this right out of the chute? You got DJ Moore. You, you have traded a lot for this guy. He's your future franchise leader historically. He's going to the top. He's going to be your franchise leader in receiving yards in five years. He's going to make everybody forget that Johnny Morris has that record right now. 
You can forget saying that. Johnny Morris is the Bears receiving leader. And by the way, Jordan Love, with his performance against the Minnesota Vikings, leapfrogged Eric Kramer's single-season Bears record of 3,838 yards passing, set in 1995. Love is the 10th guy in the league now this year to have more yards than Kramer had when he set the Bears single-season record. God, I love football. It's exciting again heading into Week 18 with all these playoff implications and jobs hanging on the line. I want to remind you, during this football season, pre and post, you can get extra value with Bet Rivers Squares. You can win up to $10,000 in bonus money. Bet 10 bucks in same-game parlays with the Bet Rivers Squares icon, and you can earn a square. Knocking the Packers out of the playoffs would be sweet, but it compromises where the Bears will fall with their second pick. They've got the number one. They locked up the number one thanks to the Panthers getting squashed by Jacksonville Sunday, 26 to nothing. The Panthers have the number one pick. That means the Bears have the number one pick. I'll tell you what it's obvious they should do with it in a second. But they're at 10 right now based on their 7-9 and nine record. Three other teams also are 7-9, and nine, and there's a bunch of them hanging in there at 8-8. Eight and eight. So if the Bears knock the Packers out of the playoffs and move up to 8-9, and nine, they could fall four or five spots in the draft. Is that worth it to you? How about if they play really well, Fields plays really well, the defense plays really well, and they win, They lose a close game based on a controversial call, maybe a special teams play. That would be best-case scenario. You continue to feel good about the defense. They take it away from love a few times. They look way better than they did against the third-year quarterback who feels like he's a rookie in the opening day game at Soldier Field. And Justin Fields continues to look good with D.J. Moore. Moore had nine catches, 159 yards, and a touchdown the other day. These numbers he's putting up, you, you just see this being a great connection. And why in the hell did the coaching staff not know that going into the year? From the minute you made the trade, Ryan Poles has got to be in their ear saying, this is what we are. We got to find out if Fields can play, and we got to prove that we did the right thing by grabbing this guy and sliding down to number nine, which they eventually moved and picked 10th so the Eagles could grab Jalen Carter, the whimpering into the playoff Philadelphia Eagles. I didn't think that would happen, but it's happening. That's not why we're here today. We're here to talk about the Bears and Packers and the Bears' easy win against Atlanta, the snow falling at Soldier Field on New Year's Eve. It was it was kind of fun. It was, it was fun to watch that game. I really enjoyed the broadcast crew. I, I have felt for a long time Ross Tucker, the former offensive lineman, sounds a little bit like Tommy Chong, and he and Jason McCourty were the analysts on CBS and I thought they were both terrific. It was as good as any broadcast I've I've heard for doing a Bears game this year. They get a lot of the lower-level crews because they're a lower-level team in the league, but that crew was, was fine. And McCourty talked about it quite a bit on Monday morning on Good Morning Football. He was, uh, he was happy to report on his Chicago experience, which is all things Bears. Eberflus, by the way, is keeping the stiff upper lip saying he's not paying attention to any of the noise. Why would I want to pay any attention? 
to any of this stuff. That means you're not doing your job. His job is to get the team ready for Green Bay. Fine. You do that. You finish week 18. You beat the Packers. You're eight and nine. You have the first pick in the draft. And let's say for the sake of discussion, you wind up with the number 12. You're picking one in 12 or one in 13. What do you do with that number one? Fields is coming back too. I got, <laughs> I, I, that's my gut. You know, Eberflus has saved his job. My gut is Fields is coming back. I don't know about whether they're going to pick up that fifth year and pay him a lot of money. Uh, you know, he's going to get a new deal anytime soon. Franchise tag, unhappy guy going into that next season. I, I don't know how it's going to shake out contractually. But I think he's played his way into keeping his job, and Eberflus has coached his way. I'm not saying I agree with either one of them, but I'm saying that's my feeling. If that's the case, if I'm right, if that's what the, they're thinking, all the Bears get together, big big decision makers, Kevin Warren, and you know Ted Phillips and George McCaskey are going to be in that room when the biggest decisions are made, and Ryan Poles is brought back, and they decide to keep Matt Eberflus, and they decide that they're going to give Justin Fields one more run at it because they feel that some of that was on them and they won't do it again. And that's what you insist. God, they got to insist that. And I hope the questions when the Bears have their state of the state news conference at the end of the year talk about their their vision going into a season and making sure that what happened on opening day in the first few weeks of the season never happens again. You do not go into a season not knowing who the F you are on offense. You have a quarterback who can throw a good deep ball, and you got a guy who can get open and has Good with run after the catch and DJ Moore. Number two is fun to watch, isn't he? That's what a guy is supposed to look. That's what your best receiver is supposed to look like. So you make him even better next year with that number one pick in the draft. God damn it. Draft Marvin Harrison Jr. You line up next year with fields under center and going into the season, plausible arguments could be made. They have the best receiving core in the NFL. I don't know who else you're going to throw into that discussion. I'm sure arguments will be made for Hill and Waddle in Miami. In years gone by, Snortage, $10 fine in kangaroo court. You could make an argument in recent years for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Godwin's disappeared. That's no longer the case. Uh, I don't know. Who else you throwing out there? The Rams guys? Hakua Pakua, Hakuna Matata, and uh, a healthy Cooper Cup? Eh, maybe. Maybe. It ain't the Packers receivers. Jaden Reed, the rookie, two catches then hurt. See if the Bears can throttle him on Sunday. See if I finally get him in my fantasy football lineup. That would be smart. Play that guy going into a week when your other guys have been bed squatting and you know what else. That's not why you're here either. So you draft Marvin Harrison and you line up with the most offensively. You you got the potential to be the most explosive offense in the league at the skilled positions. Cole Komet has proven to be a good big play guy. He's a good red zone target. He finds the sticks. For the most part, he has stayed healthy. He's a good team guy. Cole Komet's going to be here for a while. 
He's your tight end. I saw one draft needs. It did. They didn't list tight end as the Bears' first or second priority, but they had it in the top four, and I, I disagreed with that. And I know Mercedes Lewis is not going to play until he's fifty. Uh, and yes, they have. I, I've seen enough of eighteen. Robert Tunyon, the former Packer, he's not been trustworthy this year. Uh, not been an asset really. But they can find a guy to give them some depth for Cole Komet. That's not a top three need. What else you need? You need another offensive lineman. So with that twelfth and thirteenth pick to augment your offensive line, which got a good first season out of Darnell Wright. Uh, you got reason to be optimistic. Braxton Jones, your left tackle in year number two is going to be a good player too. You go interior. You don't like to draft a guard as high as 12 or 13, but if you want to, you probably get the best guard of the bunch that high in the draft. There's no Quentin Nelson in this year's draft. You can get the best interior guy at 12 or 13. It ain't sexy. It doesn't add a lot of bodies, which you could do if you package that pick and trade down. You can get more picks, and I don't have a problem with that necessarily either. But if you're going to keep Eberflus in fields, then you draft Marvin Harrison, number one, and an offensive lineman with your own pick, wherever that falls, probably somebody who plays in the interior, guard, center, or guard, find the best one of the bunch. And I wouldn't even hate it if they took a quarterback. Now, I don't know how many of them would be left. It's a good class for quarterbacks, we've all heard. But when you're when you're at 13, you've seen the NFL this year, right? You know the team's drafting behind the Bears at one, if they keep it. Washington, New England, they're going to be looking quarterback too. So... It does wherever the kid from USC winds up, wherever the kid from Al, there are going to be a lot of these guys gone when the Bears pick next. But if if you like a guy who has fallen to twelve or thirteen, oh my God, wouldn't that be for an exciting training camp? If the Bears kept Fields, drafted Harrison, and then drafted the best available quarterback at twelve or thirteen, oh my God, would that be fun? And the things you could do if the quarterback wound up being good, playing fields in the wildcat, make him the ultimate Swiss army knife. He would be one of the most influential players in NFL history. He wouldn't get the career he wanted. He wouldn't make the money he wanted, but he would become Taysom Hill on steroids. And that's a weird thing to say because Taysom Hill is a much larger, thicker man than Fields, who's no shrinking violet, by the way. He's a big dude too, big, strong guy. But Taysom Hill is a, is a rock. So saying Taysom Hill on steroids, I'm just saying you could do more things with Fields. You could have him throw the ball more than you would have Taysom Hill throw the football. You could trust him more on the deep ball because that's something Fields has grown. He does it very, very well. And I have seen him get better. I still don't think he is going to be the type of quarterback you win because of consistently and I'm not the one making the decisions. The guys who are making decisions, I'm promising you, they're bringing back Matt Eberflus. That's I, I, that I'm as certain as the nose on my face. They're bringing back Eberflus. 
And it feels too like Justin Fields will be a part of the mix for next year. It's exciting heading into this last week of the season. It's been a roller coaster year. The year has had some really bad, bad stretches in recent weeks. This past weekend, maybe, and uh, over over the Christmas Eve, Christmas Day holiday as well, uh, some better football. You know, the Ravens look like a team that definitely is is a champion worthy team a, a team that said yeah they're going to be fun to watch on the first sunday in february for a while it was looking like eh, do i really want to watch the jaguars i don't think you have to worry about that even though they finally got it together this past weekend against carolina uh there's so many you think in cleveland and detroit could wind up playing in the super bowl and that would be fun because neither team has ever been there but they are not the most exciting teams. When you think of teams you want to watch on the biggest day of the season, people like the stars. They like the Patrick Mahomeses of the world who did cop another AFC West title. Congratulations to the Chiefs. Eight straight AFC West titles. You win that division by the default, by default most of the time because it sucks and the Raiders are always changing coaches. Uh, Nonetheless, it's exciting heading into this 18th week. I'm excited about another year of podcasts with you here on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Happy New Year to all of you and thanking everybody on the staff who makes this podcast happen, makes all of the podcasts happen. That's Adam Delavitt, Baby Capone, and Happy New Year to Deli and his family. Uh, Lizzie and everybody and my executive producer, Sam Michael, enjoying sunshine this week in Florida. Florida is Tony Montana would say, and everybody who helps with social media and research, guys like Alex Pastor and Troy Mocker, Randy Merkin, who helps get the guests as well. And uh, hoping to have a guy who has played in both uniforms on um, in the next couple of days, both the Bears and the Packers. Who is it going to be? Check it out. And that's why you should subscribe if you haven't done so already. Thank you for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast. I'm the Mac part of it. I'm Dan McNeil. See you. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.